joy seekers, joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place and we've got something really special today. But first, we are going to give a great big thank you to our sponsors. When it comes to planning for your future, you want an advisor who understands your Christian values. Ameriprise Financial Advisors Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson offer financial planning based on biblical principles. They can help you plan for your goals in a way that is consistent with your faith. Call Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson today. Office is located downtown Bemidji at 122 3rd Street Northwest or at 1202 First Street East in Park Rapids. Ameriprise Financial offers financial services without regard to religious affiliation or cultural background. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Are you currently renting your home? Give Team Aylesworth, Noemi, Harry, and Abby of Real Living First Realty a call. Trust them to help guide you through the home buying process. With interest rates as low as they are, now is a good time to take that leap into being a homeowner. The award-winning customer service team is ready to make you their priority. Call Noemi at 218-760-4689 or click the link for Team Aylesworth on the Business Impact Partner page at yourqfm.com. Make owning a home your reality today. Hi, Joy Seekers. I am your host for today, Sandy Hannum, and I am so honored and excited to turn the microphone across from um, my friend, an amazing, loving person, a joypreneur, Deb McGregor. Welcome to your show. <laughs> Thank you. I'm like, what is happening here? Somebody else has the mic, and, and isn't it awesome that it's you, Sandy? I am so excited, so honored to be here to oh, so ask fun. you some questions that Woo! I've been dying to ask. I'm freaking out a little because I am not in control. <laughs> of course, she's got. Are we turn. ever really in control? <laughs> no, no, that's our illusion. That is Christians. the illusion. Yes, yes, right. That's illusion. So when I think about you, I think about joy. I think about everything joy, and when I think about biblically, you know, when we go to the Bible. Really, joy is about, not about our circumstances, not about, it's just something that happens so deep within us. And so I want you to really talk to me about, like, what does joy mean to you? And, and what are the important aspects about joy? Thank you. I, you know, it's so fascinating. I, I think a lot about joy. Obviously, I'm kind of in the joy realm. And the first thing that comes to me is a song, which is, you know, I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And everybody at home should be singing with us right now. But really, for me, joy is a fruit of the spirit. And when we know joy, we just know when we know when we know. When we see someone who has joy, you just know that they've got the joy of the Lord in them. And one of the things that I often talk about is that joy is actually, it's a state of being. It's the way that we are being in the world. So this sense of like, well, I've got joy. Well, what does that really mean? I actually one day was coining this term joying. I'm joying in the world because it's the way that I'm being in the world. And it's almost like we're at these higher frequencies and we just know when we know when we know. And I, I actually brought the scripture verse was really calling to me around this joy today, which is Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And that really is at the crux of it. That's what it is all about. And I'm a huge, I'm like a huge Acts person in the Bible. Like it's one of my favorite because it really is about the Holy Spirit. And when we have that power of the Holy Spirit working within us, we just have joy. The other thing that I make up about joy is that it's almost like people have this childlike energy to them. When we see someone who is living with the joy of the Lord, they may be 80 years old, but when you look at them, it's like they are a child. And that's how God tells us to come to him is come to me as a child child. would. Mm -hmm. And I think about my dear mission buddy, Elsie Bromenschenkel. And Elsie <laughs> would say, would she get up every morning in the mission field in Kenya? I mean, she was, I don't even remember her age at the time, definitely late 70s, okay? Here she is over in Kenya. And she'd be like, I've got the joy of the Lord. I've got the joy of the Lord. And she was just like, she'd do this thing with her hands and she'd just be like, yeah, I got the joy of the Lord. And it's like, I will forever remember Elsie saying, I've got the joy of the Lord. So when we think about joy, it is that state of being. We can be in the worst, worst circumstance possible, but yes. we can still choose joy. And so there, it's, that's when we talk about that state of being. That's what that comes from. I am also, one of the reasons that I actually called the show Live Joy, Share Joy is because I believe that when we are living joy, we can then share joy. How can we possibly share joy if we're not living joy? So this is where the doing and the being comes in. So the doing, right, I am living joy, but the being is I am sharing joy. So I can actually go out and bring it to the world. Yes, you can't give what you don't have. Absolutely. You can't share what you don't. Which is part of the reason we need to take care of ourselves, right? Because if we are so depleted and we have nothing left, how can we possibly give it out, out to other people? Yes, exactly. And that's where, of course, you and I both know the joy of the Lord is our strength. Because without Mm -hmm. the Lord, we are not going to fill in the way that for what I know in my world, I'm going to be able to be available for other people. I had to smile at your Bible verse because that's that's my life verse at the shelter. Um, I have that at um, at on my desk at the shelter because hope and joy kind of I think hope and joy go together well absolutely um, you can't have joy without hope and sometimes you can't have hope without joy but well and and Sandy if we really stop and think about it this is all about the Lord right because it's also like the more we get to know the Lord the more we start to know what's available our hope is in Jesus Christ right right when we know the Lord and when we know Jesus Christ and we invite the power of the Holy Spirit into our lives we get the fruits of the Spirit so then we see the joy. We see the love, right? We see all the other things that come along with it. It's so amazing. It is. Woo! It is. I'm kind of feeling a little on fire. I just want to <laughs> let you know. The spirit is a moving. <laughs> so what would you say to somebody who is in a circumstance? Um, what would you say about resources or about going to the Lord to find that, that joy? Because sometimes it's not easy. Absolutely. And... Just because we know the Lord and just because people can make up or tell us a lot of different things doesn't mean we aren't going to go through bad times, right? Right. It goes back to this way of being. So it's about choosing how we'll respond. And it's also about our resiliency. And so one of the things that I often tell people, I actually call this, I have this little joy meter. And on the left-hand part of the joy meter, it's the joy less side. The right-hand side is the joy full side. So the first thing we get a clear picture about is where are you on the joy meter? Where, what does that look like right now? When we are on 
the joy less side, which would be somebody maybe going through a difficult circumstance, the first thing we can do is, okay, what's getting in the way of the joy? What's busting the joy? I call them joy busters. What's busting the joy right now and what's getting in the way? Now let's take a look at what do we need to do to recover and what may we need to do to recuperate? Because they're two different things. Recovery is this abrupt, I'm going to do it now recuperating is the overtime it's the gentle it's the healing place right so if i am right now in a circumstance that is confronting for me or challenging for me i may need to look at the recovery right now in the moment so that i can choose joy of course as a person and follower of jesus christ i would say lean into the lord the lord knows what you need the lord is going to get you through this trust in him and then, you know, this goes to Proverbs, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean on on our understanding. Mm-hmm. If God's putting you through it, he will get you through it. I am also a believer that life doesn't happen to us, it happens for us. And the reason that it happens for it, for us is so that ultimately, we can have something come through us. And when we are with the Lord, that through us, right, God will put us through these things ultimately, so that hopefully there can be wisdom that goes to someone else. And that wisdom, of course, comes from the Holy Spirit. You know, there's, a, there's another great fruit. Yes. And another gift, actually, of the Holy Spirit. And so if somebody's in this, I, I know this is kind of a long way around, but I think there's a lot of meat in this, which is we are all going to go through tough times. Resiliency, resiliency is our ability to recover and get back to our creative selves. And when we have our identity in Jesus Christ and we are created in his image and we trust in him, he's going to show us the way. He's going to give us the direction. He will see us through it. We just have to keep putting our trust in him. And, and I call it kind of like the one foot in front of the other. Put one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. And soon you'll be walking out the door. I think there was actually a movie that had that in yeah, it. Yeah. I did not write that song. I'm not claiming rights to that. And I didn't sing it. So I think we're okay. (laughs) Well, and there's something about joy and not being so anxious. Um, We've all, like you said, we've all been through some really tough times. And when you can claim that joy, it seems like you can kind of let that anxious, I don't know how it's going to turn out. No, none of us really know how things are going to turn out, but we know that it's going to be okay how it's supposed to be. Absolutely. And I, you know, I want to speak to, to the moment for anxiety because there are also different levels of anxiety. Let's face it. I think at any given moment over the last 15 months, anybody has had some anxiety. I, if, if you're out there and you never even had one ounce of anxiety, please raise your hand because you are the exception to every single thing that has happened over the last 15 months. Even people that I believe trust the Lord 100% at least had a blip on what I call the EKG machine, where maybe the anxiety for a minute went up because it could have been about whether or not I need to wear a mask, whether or not I need to get a shot, whether or not I need to, it's like there's all these looming things, right? And then it goes back to that reliance on the Lord. And so there, the other thing though I want to speak to is that there are people who have diagnosed anxiety that is at a level where there may be deep-seated things that are going on. And I do not in any way, shape, or form want to diminish what may be happening for those individuals because I sort of it's like there's the anxiety with the small A and then there's the anxiety with the big A. And there can be a lot going on there. I do believe that there are things in the joy frequency 
that can help to counter that. And I think that there are things as joy-filled people that we do that help reduce the anxiety on a daily level. I am a person, one of my biggest challenges, Sandy, is catastrophic thinking. I, it is still one of the biggest, left. I call it the leftovers from the PTSD that has still not completely and totally healed. I know the Lord's working in it. I know he's using it for purpose. And yet what I also know is that that catastrophic thinking can get going. And I mean, we were just talking about our little arm injuries before we mm-hmm. went on. Oh my gosh, I have had everything from, oh my gosh, what if I've got something on the lymph node too? I've got, I mean, really? Are you kidding me? Where is this coming from? What's the right? worst thing can possibly happen and, and that's where our mind's going to go. And that's the catastrophic thinking. And so I think for any of us, there, that can create that moment. And then I have to step back and I have to say, wait a minute, who's in charge? My God is in charge. Mm-hmm. Your God is in charge. And once I can remember that and really rest in that, it's like, okay, it is going to be okay. Because regardless of what happens anyway, even if there was this horrible thing going on, I can still have joy in the Lord. I can still know that he's got my back and he is not going to lead me astray. He's not going to. I mean, Sandy, I have had three near death experiences, one by my own hand and two by someone else's. And or circumstances, let's call it nature. I think we can call the kayak situation nature. a nature thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but God had my back. He was there. He didn't abandon me. And so I think for that reason, there's just that in and of itself is just that reminder that why would I even need to be anxious? And there are specific scripture verses to that as well. And I just always want to be really careful because I know sometimes we have people listening who it's beyond the little a anxiety and to the big A. And and the other thing I really want to encourage people is if you are dealing with something, yes, of course, we're directing it to the Lord and, and it might be your pastor. And there are really good therapists out there if you really feel like there is something that would benefit you working through. I, um, for those of you that don't know a lot of my story, I mean, I had a horrible PTS complex, not just PTSD, I had complex PTSD. And I remember the first therapist I went to, I had to go to more than one, um, that said, you're the worst case of PTSD I've ever seen. You were the worst case of complex PTSD I've ever seen. Four years of therapy. I was in therapy for four years, three different therapists, because the treatments that they were doing, like, we needed to get to what needed to be done to really deal with it. And the core of the issue. The core. And uh, sometimes people have different specialties. And that's I think that's the way I'm going to frame that. Different specialties. The beautiful thing now, I don't even measure on the charts. And I remember praying about it one day. And I said, Lord, I have witnessed your healing for so many people. I mean, Kenya, my goodness. Left and right healings. Miraculous healings. Left, you know, just left and right. And I, I, I said, I'm humbly praying for a healing for this PTSD. And the Lord said, nope, there's too many people I want you to meet in the journey. This is a story that I want you to be able to tell. And it's actually not even a story. I mean, this is an accounting. This is a real life accounting. Again, we were talking earlier about it's through you. Things are coming through us. And I remember saying, oh, but Lord, you know, I've lived through so much. Like I just, I'm I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I was so exhausted from the PTSD. My adrenals were, it was just a nightmare. And speaking of nightmare, you know, and, um, and the Lord just said, nope, there's more work to be done here. And and this is a piece, this will be a piece of your testimony. It will be a piece of your journey. And and I have to say that um, one of the therapists with whom I work who did not know the Lord actually ended up coming, I'm going to start crying about this, actually ended up coming to the Lord because he said, 
He couldn't deny any longer the presence of Jesus Christ after working with me for a couple of years. He said, I cannot deny this anymore because things would just happen in our session that were unexplainable. I said, well, no, that's not. It's Jesus. Like, you understand this is Jesus. He's like, well, but, you know, and he just, you know, anyway, um, that was a very powerful moment leading someone to Jesus who up until that point didn't really know the Lord, didn't know what he believed is probably a good way of stating it. Well, and I think about the prophets in the Bible who, you know, we read some of them and they're like, oh, like all of us, like we're broken. And, and some of the prophets wouldn't be the first people that I would choose. A woman with complex PT, PTSD might not be the first person I would choose to lead somebody to the Lord. <laughs> and it was the perfect it was the perfect person. Oh, my right? gosh. What does the Bible say? He doesn't uh, call the equipped. He equips the he called. He equips the equipped. Oh, my gosh. This exactly is so right. true. I, I had a quick story about this going over to Kenya. Uh, flying on the airplane, and I thought, what am I doing? I do not. I mean, this whole, this is my first trip over there, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I've had a, some training from Christian Healing Ministries. I uh, have had, obviously, my own life experience and, and my own coming to the Lord experience, and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like literally sitting on this plane and, and I, th- I the, the Lord just speaks and says, he said, don't you think I can give you what you're going to need? And he said, I am asking you to trust me. And I'm not just asking you to trust me a little bit. He's like, I'm asking you to trust me 100%. And for every single tiny detail, I am asking you to turn this trip over to me starting now. And I mean, I am telling you, I can't even explain to you all the different um Think the just little things like a decision to go here versus here and like what the impact of that created on that trip. It was unbelievable. There goes that control again. Oh yeah. Right? As, oh my gosh. As humans. The C we, word. I call yeah. it the C word. Yeah. It's so and I and I will say I'm so much better, but the human like in my human thing, because of course the more I can control things that reduce it, right? We know we know anybody that has the C issue, we know what that looks like and we know how it impacts and and it is getting better because I feel like the higher trust in God, the higher the just focus on day to day being here fully present, the less control, right? Like the, it lowers down from big C to little C. Right, right. Sometimes we feel like the more control I have, the more joy I'll have. But what I've found is the more that I turn it over to God and just say, I can't handle this, the more joy I have yeah. because I'll take it back from him, make it worse. And then I'll be like, okay, no, here, I'll give it back to you now. And he's like, oh, shoot, now now I have to fix it. And then she'll take it from me. <laughs> we- have you been in my head? <laughs> I have a feeling we're not the only ones thinking this. There's somebody out driving their car right now that's like, oh, yeah, that means. Yeah, that's probably all of us, yes. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how much, it's so fascinating. We're so much the same and yet so different, right? Like I always think about how God creates all of us in these miracles that we are. And I think, oh my gosh, look at this brilliance that God created. And yet we are in so many ways the same. And yet we are so different. And oh my gosh, sometimes I think about God like, okay, this is, I get these images of him sometimes, but I know of course it's all nature, you know what, I get that. But then there's also me like having this image of him looking at like all these television screens and all these little computer buttons. Okay, I need to, this part of me needs to be created in my likeness today. So beep, 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 beep. Here goes that person. Okay, baby born. I mean, okay, I know it's not like that, but it's like this metaphoric image for me that just comes up all the time. Um, 
the other thing I was thinking about, this cracked me up yesterday. I was watching, I came inside and the dogs were like, <laughs> you know, and their little tails are going, <laughs> you know, and I, and the tongues, are, <laughs> you know, and I was like, this is how God feels when we want to spend time with him. It's like we go to spend time with Jesus. We pick up that prayer brick. And I just I picture if Jesus were a dog, like the tail would be wagging and his eyes would be and, and, and he wouldn't be waiting for a treat. He would just be excited about the time that we're spending together. And and I in no way, shape or form in disrespecting the Lord. Please understand. I'm not saying that the Lord is a dog. I'm, this is a metaphoric concept here. I am the most respectful about the Lord. Um but there is something about that, that just excitement. I believe God wants to spend time with us. Oh, I believe that gives him so much joy. I believe that when we spend time with the Lord, he just, oh my gosh, he loves it so much. When I was going through, okay, I'm going to start crying here. Um, oh, I just feel this emotion around this. When I was going through so much of my healing, um, one of the things God created for me was, I call it the safe place. And there were two things that he gave me. Every time I would get done with these uh sessions for therapy when we were doing all this emdr processing and stuff and um, there was this one time when the healing would come and it was like the lord would bring me to this place in this field of it's almost like it was daisies and all these different flowers and jesus would be waiting in the middle of this field and his arms would be just out oh my gosh i'm really emotional about this because it's so real for me powerful um and he would be waiting with his arms outstretched and he would just be waiting for me to come into his arms and he would just hold me and love on me. And it was like, it was literally as if I could feel um, the radiation of love of him and his healing coming through me. And I know some people make up that that's, oh, that's not real, but I don't really care. It, for me, that's what it was. Um, and the other thing is when I really was struggling with PTSD, I had a lot of really horrible times I don't even know how to it just was so bad you guys I would never wish it on my worst enemy and nights that I would just lay and sob and I couldn't sleep and all these things I'd pace the hallway and when I could connect with the Lord because it was hard during that time period I really struggled um he had this big chair he would show me and he'd sit in this chair and he would say I just want you to jump up in my arms and let me hold you and when I could give myself to that it was so powerful like it was just um because I could feel his arms around me and whether that was my mind make I, I don't really to be honest with you I don't really care because I knew it was the Lord I knew it was how he was able to reach me in that moment and it was it's just so powerful well and I think there's something to be said for how we can bring how how the Lord bring healing to the world right when people are in circumstances, we feel like we have to fix it. We have to. And sometimes it's sitting with someone. Sometimes it's listening to someone. We feel like, as Christians, we want to fix things. And we want to come with a solution. And sometimes there really isn't a solution we can give on earth. It's so true. And I think we underestimate the power of just being with someone and I know you and I have talked about that we're human beings and mm -hmm. some of the best gifts I have ever gotten from people are just being sometimes not even saying a word I remember one time in a particularly difficult time um, I just said to the person I just need to know that someone's there it's not even about, you don't even need to say anything. You don't, you know, just, I need to know that you are there. 
and um, other times where someone just took the time to even have a texting conversation. And what I know is that people need to be seen. They need to be heard. They need to be acknowledged. They need to know that they matter. They need to know that they're accepted. They need to know they're loved and that they're worthy. And I think sometimes the message of Jesus has gotten really messed up. There is a purity of Jesus from Jesus's time that I think we sometimes forget. Jesus was a man on the move. He was a man who went town to town and his mission was healing. And acceptance. And acceptance of people. Yeah. And when I think about him going out, touching people, listening, hearing, and telling them, you matter, and you are loved, and you are accepted, and I want you to know my father. That is so powerful. I feel like we have lost that in so many ways. We are so caught up in this cycle of, I'm right, you're wrong, I'm this, you're that. We're constantly voting on making someone better than somebody else. We're constantly voting about things all the time. And it's gotten in the way. It has really gotten in the way. And I know the Lord has spoken to me. I am so like clear about, he's, he said, I wrote in my journal one day when I was praying, I do these meditate, uh, biblical things where I'll like grab a scripture and then I, you know, meditate on the scripture. And he said, I want you to love on my people and I want you to show them the love of Jesus. I want you to show them that they matter. And it was like, I couldn't, it was so powerful that day. I mean, it was like my pen was just, and if you're listening to this, I just want you to know how much God loves you. I could tell you story after story after story of what God will do to reach you. And that would be a whole nother show. But I've witnessed it in Kenya. I witnessed it on a 2000 mile bicycle trip. I just witnessed it this weekend. I just really quick, I was going for a walk with my dog and I normally have a route that I take and I had gone up and there was these dirt things going. So I kind of switched my route a little bit. And then I just had this like walk one more little I call it the round to the bridge and back and I'm like why I, I've already got my miles in. and the Lord said walk one more round to the bridge and back I was like okay as I'm getting down towards the bridge I see a kayak pulled over and a couple was there and at first I thought they were in trouble you know I, I didn't know what had happened so I got closer and I was kind of you know I you know just was aware and uh, so anyway started talking to them a well, long story short this gal knew my husband from 28 years ago 28 years ago, her husband had passed. Her husband now's wife had passed. They had gotten married. She does this woman's ministry. And here we are. Can, I, I'm going to put her on the radio. Like, but that, if I hadn't taken the time to listen and go down, I never would have met them. She might not get her voice heard and reach other women. Her, she does a woman's ministry. Who knows who's supposed to hear her message? I don't know. But I know that I need to be obedient. And it's as simple as do another round and listen and be obedient and discern it. Obviously we need to discern. By the way, that's the number one thing I pray for every single day is discernment. Because a lot of people say like, oh, I got a message or whatever. If we're not discerning that, we gotta be really careful.
Well, and we do, and we have to be careful. Is it really my yeah. mission that I've told myself it's God's or... Exactly. It's, yeah, discernment is so, so important as we're thinking about listening to other people, being joyful, um, things a- like that. Absolutely. Well, as we are wrapping up, I just thank you so much for letting me take over your show. And um, I just want to thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your love and your joy. And um, I will turn the show back over to you, my friend. (laughs) Thank you, Sandy. You did awesome. (laughs) Let's celebrate. Woo! This was awesome. Um, Sandy, thank you so much. You are so incredible. Thank you. Thanks for bringing hope to the world. And thank you for choosing to listen today. We hope you enjoy the tables being turned today. Uh, Please remember to go out, live joy, share joy, and remember that you are so loved by your Father in heaven. Jesus loves you. He sees you. You are worthy of his love. And I hope that you will choose to share that love with someone else today. The world needs so much more of it, and the world needs your voice. Keep shining your bright light, my friends. Take good care. Bye. Live joy, share joy, shine your light to the world. This is Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.